Um, we need a little humor once in a while in this, uh, this day that we're living in. Uh, so I thought this morning, there's not very many people that can come and sit at church. And there was an old uh, story about a, a traveling preacher. He was a, an evangelist. He traveled around. He'd set up his tent, and he would preach. And So he went to this new town and set up his uh, tent and waited for it to start filling up that night. And an older couple come and sat here at the front. And he waited, and nobody else ever came, just them. So I thought, well, I'd worked real hard on this sermon. I might as well preach to who came. So he got up, and, man, he preached for over two hours. When he got finished, he went down and welcomed them, you know, to the service. And uh, he said, I wasn't going to preach, but um, he said, you guys are farmers. He said, I thought, you know, if I went out to feed my cattle and took a big truckload of hay out there and only two cows come up to eat, I would still feed those two cows. And the old fellow said, that's right, Pastor. But he said, you wouldn't feed him the whole truckload, would you? <laughs> so I thought the little humor this morning for that. So. Uh, if you have your Bibles, let's open up to 1 Corinthians 15. We're going to read 1 through 26. Uh, this one's kind of on my heart this week, and uh, uh, I read it, and it really touched my heart. I hope it touches yours this morning. It says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that he was seen of James, then of all the apostles, and last of all he was seen of me also, as of one born out of due season." For I am the least of the apostles, that am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. Not by the grace of, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. How many could say amen this morning to that? Amen. I am what I am by the grace of God. And His grace, which was bestowed upon me, was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether I... It were I or they, so we preach, and so ye believed. Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Yea, but we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. That's kind of a tongue twister, isn't it? For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. But if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Ye are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits afterward, they that are Christ at his coming. Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom of God, even the Father, when he hath put down all rule and all authority and power. And we know where that comes from, don't we? Amen. 
Psalms 110.1. For he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. And the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. I mean, said amen this morning. Amen. amen. God bless you this morning. And we're glad to have everyone that's live streaming. And hopefully another week or two of this and uh, we can be back to normal and God willing. Because he lives. Because he lives, I can
But suddenly the air was filled with a strange and sweet perfume Light that came from everywhere drove shadows from the room Jesus stood before me with his arms held open wide And I fell down on my knees and raised me to my feet and as I looked into his eyes love was shining out from him like sunlight from the sky guilt and my confusion disappeared in sweet relief and every fear I'd ever had God, 
sing hallelujah to our God. Glory, hallelujah, to our God. Every praise, every praise is to our God. God, my Savior, God, my healer, God, my deliverer, yes, He is, yes, He up in one accord. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Sing hallelujah to our God. Glory hallelujah is to our God. Every praise, every praise is to our Every praise, every praise is to our God. And everybody out there said amen. Before we're seated, let's just bow our heads for a word of prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we ask you to give us a heart to receive your word and will today. As you have spoken to us by your prophets that we may know your truth from error and thy will for each of our lives. We pray that you'd give us understanding that we may know thy ways. Give us a revelation of the measure of faith that you have given. Lord, we know that you give wisdom and have given us the spirit of wisdom revelation in this hour. That we may understand that out of thy mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. That our eyes of understanding may be increased that we may know thy will and the hope that is set before us. Therefore, let us walk with patience, which is a product of our faith, that we may gain the prize of perfection that is set before us in this hour. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. How many enjoyed the music out there this morning? Say, Amen. All right. Uh, Brother Jim Pinkston, I'll greet everybody and say, Happy Easter. I think that's a normal greeting for this occasion. Happy Easter this morning. And I notice most of the ministers are preaching on basically the empty tomb and also the fact that the churches are empty also. But how many knows that the church is not a building? The church is a living organism, and our hearts are the temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So uh, I have received a call last night, and I'd like to make this uh, announcement. 
that uh, Pastor uh, Pete Clawson in Canada, which we know, uh, was told that his daughter has passed from uh, the product of this coronavirus uh, this past week, and our prayers are with him and his family at this time. I don't think they're being permitted to travel, so we understand and have prayer for them this week. Amen. I want to uh, speak this morning for a few comments. And my daughter asked me, am I going to speak on the resurrection or the Easter message? And I hardly speak on holidays. Because to me, the message is the message. And it goes through holidays and everything else. So, But I'm going to try this morning to bring the thought in of this time called Easter. And we know that it represents the resurrection. So let's look in St. John chapter 11 this morning, verses 21 to 27. We'll not take the normal scriptures that most people use about the resurrection and, uh, and then celebrating Easter morning. But I want to look at this thought because I think it will speak to us this morning about the truth on resurrection and bring to us the faith and the message that we're looking at in this hour. Last week we had uh, approximately, if we counted an average of two to three people for uh, each live streaming. We've been approximately three to 400 people tuned in last week to the, uh, hear the lesson. Uh, I was most uncomfortable, but I got more comments on the one worst sermon I ever preached than any sermon I ever preached. So uh, maybe people uh, sat in their homes and finally listened. But I found one good advantage of preaching to an empty building is that you don't see people that's going to sleep on you. And they're not running forward, back and forth to the bathroom. And uh, they're not twisting their Bible or cleaning their fingernails, they're waiting for the time to be over. So if you're doing all that out there this morning, then it won't bother me one iota. But Brother Jim Pixon sent me a little cartoon, which he always does. He keeps me kind of encouraged a little bit. And it was about five ladies dressed in their housecoats, all standing there. And he said, this is the now the live stream dress code. <laughs> I thought, that's kind of funny. And I sent him back a note. I said, I don't care for the live stream dress code, and neither do I care for the live stream amens. So that's all right. He said, well, you'll get used to it, but I don't know whether we will or not. But we want to, this morning, we want to look in uh, an event. A lot of times we use these scriptures to preach a funeral. But I want to look at it in a little different light this morning and see if we can gain a lesson or an insight of our faith today. John 11 verses 21. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Now, that's quite a statement. Just let it meditate a few minutes. Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. Most people that tuned in last week tuned in, and I noticed people from different faiths that had never tuned in before. And I understood that most people would be listening in to see what you had to say about the pandemic. What would you be your prediction or what your thoughts on what God is doing? I would say that God is in this work because He is bringing to pass and quickening the words that has already been spoken. 
And this is only the beginning of the process that will bring forth what we have ministered for approximately 40 years or more, the great expression of faith in the bride. I believe that it will bring forth what we call the squeeze. And we know we're not squeezed until it touches us economically. And this virus that people have submitted to because of fear and of sickness, the condition that it exists is going to affect us economically. Because the longer we go, the more drastic the recovery is going to be. And we're looking for that great state now that they're calling the Great Depression. And Brother Branham taught us that the great squeeze would come. But remember, he said, in that time of the squeeze is when the third pull, and I look at that as the faith of God, the spoken word, the third pull would come forth and manifest itself in power. And we know that it would be able to bring forth the resurrection and actually exert a power different from that, that it would absolutely change your body while you're alive. I've heard a lot of lessons on the great power that was displayed on the resurrection of raising the dead. But what about the power that it can raise the dead and even present to change the living into an immortal state? To me, that is a different level. Now, we preached last week on faith, and we're looking at kingdom faith and the faith of God. And that's what I believe we're looking at this morning is that faith is a spirit. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Martha said, if Jesus was there with them then Lazarus, her brother, would not have died. And we could say amen to that. But I want to look at her statement, seems to point to the fact that if his physical body presence, if he was physically, bodily present with them, had been there, they would have called on Jesus, and he would have come and healed her brother, her faith then was based on what she could see, feel, and touch. What is called carnal faith or what we call the common faith. She believed in what she could hear, feel, and see through her senses. But Jesus now representing the prophet because he was the prophet of all prophets. He was the great Messiah. Was out of her sight. Now, I'm using this in light of the message because Alpha is Omega, and in our today, we're doing exactly the same thing as the Alpha. So, when Jesus was out of her sight, which was the Spirit of God was in Him doing the works, but she only recognized the power of God in this one individual, this one man. When, the, when she, He was out of her sight, she thought the power would not be there either. Now, that's not an odd thinking because we are all channeled through our common faith to think the same thing. Anything out of sight, basically, it may exist, but it doesn't exist in our presence or our possession or our surroundings. Her faith then basically was based on what she could see and hear. Now, the message that Jesus had preached to them and had been preaching to them was that the kingdom of God, which is the spirit of faith, was there in their midst, making himself known to them 
And if they would accept him, they would receive the kingdom of God or the blessings of his presence. They was confined, though. They thought this faith was confined to one person. Today, I had a call last night, and the individual made the statement that basically we're looking in the hour for Brother Branham to come back with the third pull and basically move us on into the resurrection. Basically, the same thought had arose, out of sight, out of mind, and only one man possessed the power of the spoken word or this faith of God called the third pull. But the thought of the power without that it can raise the dead was basically foreign to people's mind or to her mind. But Jesus come for the tomb. We know the story raised Lazarus from the grave. Now watch. As yet they had not received or understood the message that he had preached to make it alive in their own lives. Now, to those of us in the message, and I'm sure there's many out there in the mor- this morning in the message, and have received the message of the hour, believing that God has sent a prophet. But I want to make the statement, the message that we claim to believe is not, he was here, or he was here, proving the resurrection. Many people believe that Brother Brown's ministry was God here. He was here 45 years ago, proving that Jesus has raised from the dead. They think that was the message. But he, the message was he is here now to raise the dead, as he promised in 1 Thessalonians 4.16, which we preach over and over. The Lord has descended with a shout to basically raise the dead and translate or change the living. So, was he, was he there to prove the resurrection, or is our message is he is here to resurrect? The message is he is here. The very Spirit of God, which is the faith of God. The faith that will move mountains. Jesus said, have the faith of God. If you say to this mountain, be moved and cast into the sea, doubt not in your heart, you shall have whatsoever you shall say. The faith of God to move mountains, heal the sick, has not departed, but now dwells in every believer. Jesus Christ being the same yesterday, today, and forever. We've sang the song, He is risen. But can the church and the believer prove he is alive and among us? Is the resurrection real? Is that he is alive here in our midst proven to us? Because if we would be carnal, if Jesus was here and he was here bodily, we would be like Martha. We could go find him and know that if Jesus prayed, Basically, we would receive what we asked, or he, or his, her brother would not die. But if you notice in verse 22 of our same text, now reading, but she said, But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Now, we can say amen to that. Because we still believe that if Jesus was to ask God for anything, that God always hears me. Jesus said, God always hears me. And we can say, Amen, if Jesus would ask anything of the Father, that He would receive it from the Father. 
So we're looking at this. She believed God heard and answered Jesus' prayer. But she didn't have confidence basically in her own prayer. We can also say that we believe that even now, after 2,000 years, believing that he was resurrected, that whatsoever Jesus would ask of God, God would give it to him even now. But he is out of sight. But we read in the scripture, Jesus tells us in John 14, 13, And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. What Jesus is telling us is that whatever he asked the Father, God would do because God always hears him. He's telling us now that in his name, whatever we ask, it would be the same as Jesus praying to the Father. John 14, 14, he said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. What I notice is there is no condition. There's basically, there's a faith there because you wouldn't ask in your name if you didn't have faith, but there's not a faith condition there. There's not a condition there. It is, the condition is ask anything in my name and I will do it. John 15, 7 tells us, if you abide in me, which is the quickened word. The word that the Spirit has quickened. We can go through many scriptures that we believe that God has quickened the word and resurrected. Malachi 4, 16, Revelation 10, 7. All those quickened words is the word being resurrected to us. And we can believe in that also. Now, do we believe that God still will hear Jesus and answer Jesus' prayer? Do we believe that whatever we ask in the name of Jesus... That God will do it for us is what we do. Uh, do you believe that? Brother Branham made a statement in Queen of the South in uh, paragraph 93. He made the statement here, and I, well, this is what I want us to see. He said, see, it isn't me. Jesus said, it isn't me. Brother Branham said, it isn't me. He said, see, it isn't me, but Jesus, the Son of God, is the high priest of our confession, the same thing sitting at the right hand of the majesty of God, sitting there making intercession. In other words, whatever you're confessing, he is praying to the Father. See, making intercessions upon our confession. Is that right, he says. First, though, he said, we have to confess he's done it. We had to confess he's done it. Then he starts making intercession. So who starts the process of rapture and faith? We do. We make a confession that he's already done it. That's the key of Jesus starting to ask the Father to do it or to make it manifest in our presence now but i want you to know he said see it isn't me it is never the man or the individual it is the spirit of faith quickening the word of god the written word of god in their mouth making it spirit god or spirit faith god is a faith god now verse 23 jesus said now watch 
Martha, after she knew now that Jesus was there or he had arrived. I know we get uh, condemned for preaching the presence or the arrival of God in the appearing of a pillar as a pillar of fire. But we have preached many years that God has arrived on the scene, that he is present, and he was vindicated, his presence, through a prophet. And he done that by bringing to pass the spoken word or proving his resurrection by the uh, gift of healing. We say that Jesus has arrived, and the only bodily presence we could see at that time was a prophet by that which we knew that he was here. But she said, Martha said, that Jesus had arrived, and he delayed his arrival now until the body began to stink. In other words, Jesus actually put off the manifestation of his power until it was almost impossible for the laws of nature to bring forth the result of a resurrection. Jesus said unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Now, we all believe in the resurrection because of the Scriptures. But now if there was no more of this story, if we stopped right here this morning, we would be like Martha and say, well, we know there is going to be a resurrection sometime in the future. But Jesus was actually telling her, which she types the church, now in this our day, that I am here. We've had a spirit of faith, a pillar of fire that come and has arrived. We have recognized that he is now in our presence. He is here. And he's telling us now that basically I am here. You don't have to search for me any longer. But I am already here. I am in your presence. And the faith that she had in his bodily presence. In this hour the message tells us to have faith in his spiritual presence. The word of God being quickened and manifested. He said, I am here. I am the Word made alive. You say, well, Jesus, the man, is not here. But how many knows that Jesus is the Word? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Every word that spoke of Jesus was quickened and brought to pass or manifested in his ministry, proving that he was that word that was spoken. He done everything that the word said he would do. Even that you'll suffer, destroy this body in three days, I will raise it up again. Because he said, I'm here. I am the word made alive. I know that we bring things back to the message. But the prophet said, nothing outside of this message will come to life. In other words, the quickened word, the word and scriptures that we use to prove the sending of Elijah, the appearing, the coming of the Lord. 1 Thessalonians 4.16, Revelation 10 7, all these scriptures is proving that he is alive. But remember, the pillar of fire that come down now is the spirit that was in the man. The very one that was doing it is present. And we're trying to get our attention to the spiritual that by the eyes of faith, we can see the invisible God here among us. I am the resurrection. So therefore, the quickened word, Jesus, the quickened word, that quickened word is the resurrection. That is the resurrection power, and that word is our life. So the word quickened 
is the resurrection and the life. Amen. Many people that do not understand what we teach or what we're looking at the Scripture in a different view this morning will think, well, where is this guy coming from? But we believe there is a presence, a message been delivered in this hour, vindicated that nothing outside of the uh, resurrection, that there's life in it. And the resurrection message is, He is here to raise the dead and to change our bodies. In verse 24, Martha said unto him, Now I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Most of us are looking forward to a resurrection. We believe there's going to be one. Uh, we don't, may not understand just exactly what the resurrection is. But those of us who are alive are waiting to, to see the sleeping saints among us in glorified bodies knowing that we shall be changed. So the resurrection is actually quickening that that went down, bringing it back into a manifestation. Just like many believe soon that Brother Brandon will come forth out of the grave with this third pull revelation and will open our eyes of understanding that we can see and also be changed. I believe that he'll come forth in the resurrection. I believe he may be one of the first that comes out. I don't know. But I'm not waiting on the prophet because the one that I'm looking for is already here. And we've got to see him by the eyes of faith knowing that he's here because that faith is our assurance that this message, the presence of Almighty God, is our assurance and our expectation to absolutely change our bodies. Now, Jesus said unto her, I am the resurrection. What was he? He was the Word made manifest. He was the Scriptures, Isaiah 9, all those Scriptures that spoke of the coming Messiah, the great shepherd, all of them spoke, all the prophecies, he was that word, and it, that word was the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, watch, the quickened word. We're trying to look at a man, Jesus, 2,000 years ago. Jesus was the quickened word manifested that they could see. Now then, through the faith of God, our eyes of understanding have been enlightened that we see the quickened word manifested in our presence, proving that it is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, the revealed word, the manifested word, though he were dead, and we were all dead in trespasses and sin, yet shall he live. Amen. Now, was that promise fulfilled? What, what, the, what Jesus told them did Jesus accomplish or the word fulfilled that they should arise? The Bible tells us that when Jesus arose, he left captivity captive, and all the Old Testament saints arose with him. Abraham, Job, and all those arose with him. Amen. So verse 26 tells us, And whosoever believeth, liveth, and believeth in me, shall never die, believest thou this. And I say, Amen. Because he's speaking of the Omega. I'm the beginning and I am the end. I am the resurrection here. I am the resurrection here. And those that believe and are living shall never die. She said unto him, uh, and whosoever believest thou this. She said unto him, yes, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. 
She had a saving grace confession. How are you saved? You confess that Jesus was the Christ. He has come into the world to pay the sacrifice and the price for our sins. And God has quickened that body, that word, and raised him up and set him at his right hand. Now making intercession upon our confession that he lives. Paul tells us in Romans 8, 11, if, if you want to turn there with us this morning, Paul tells in Romans 8, 11, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, Romans 8, 11, notice the statement, if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies. How? By His Spirit that dwelleth in you. That's quite a verse. Well, we notice that the same Spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead, the Scripture says, now dwells in me are those who believe, and it's in you. I've heard... Uh, a lot of great preachers this morning making little comments or whatever more about he has risen 2,000 years ago. The tomb is empty. No, no, no. It's all past tense. The resurrection is not real to the people today. They do not see the resurrection power and the presence of God manifested. But we note here that it is the spirit that quickens. It's not the man. It's not even the word. Now, let me qualify that. It is not the written word that quickens. It is the spirit, spoken word, that quickens the word or gives the word life. Gives it power to manifest it, itself. It is the spirit of faith that does it. In other words, the spirit is what makes the written word live. Now, how are you going to get the spirit in the written word and make it live through you? By your spirit confessing what the word has already said, you're watering that word, making it a living spoken word, which is the faith of God speaking the word, making it come alive. Now we say, oh, now we know that Jesus had the faith of God. We all believe that Brother Branham had a gift of healing. We all know that gifts are given. And these gifts were sent to us. To make the word alive in us. Not to us. In us. In other words, if I could read the scripture. If I was a prophet this morning. So, well, if Jesus is here, he could see uh, what you done yesterday. And I turn around and told you what you done yesterday. Then it would indicate that there's a spirit here. That can basically know the past and the future. And you're not looking at the man. But you know something is using the man to tell you. What that man could not tell you or that man does not know. We've had that same ministry in this hour to prove to us that there's someone here that knows our past, knows our future, knows the beginning from the end, had the ability to speak and to create, speak and raise the dead on four or five occasions. That should let us know that that same spirit was not confined in the one man. That message of the one man was he is here and that same faith, that same gene, that same measure of faith that he's using through me is in you. And God 
wants you to use the faith of God to do the same things that He's doing through me. Amen. We say all the time that Jesus was the Word as we got through saying. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us as the promised Messiah. We notice that He quickened every word that was promised that He would do. Every word promised of Jesus, even from raising the tomb, He has done. Now notice, now He cannot do that just as a man. People's always preaching that Jesus was God. Well, if He was just God Himself, then it basically the, the, the story, the uh, redemption doesn't make hardly any sense at all. But when they preach Jesus, they always preach Him as a man. But then as who Jesus was, they always said that He was God. Because they know the Scripture says that He was a man, so they preach Him as a man. Then in the conclusion, they say, well, see, He was God. There's reason He could do that. No. Watch what the prophet tells us. Jesus being a man... Himself, the body, but it took the Spirit in Him. It's not me that doeth the works. It's my Father that dwelleth in me. He's the one that does the works. That's in the message Easter seal. And Brother Branham quotes many scriptures in that fact, and we're going to read one right here. He said, now watch. For if the Spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, it also quickened, make, bring to life your mortal bodies. He said, what a promise to us. Now notice, the very essence of this resurrection. Being a prophet, people looking back 2,000 years ago. He's speaking about the essence of this resurrection today. The resurrected Word. The Word is the resurrection and the life. The pillar of fire, the Logos of God, is the living Word. And that living Word now has come back and restored to the, us the faith that we were contending for that was lost in the days of the Apostle Paul, lost in the early church age, Pergamon's church age, now going into the great, have come back faith by faith by faith until the very faith of God has been restored to the church or to the bride. We have been restored back to the faith of God. Amen. That faith is what we are contending for. When you preach about resurrection, when you preach about restoration, they always say, well, we're going back to the book of Acts. We're going back to the doctrine. We're going back to this. We're going back to the message. We're going back to the tradition. The restoration is to restore the faith that was delivered unto the saints, which was the very faith of Almighty God that Jesus explained to them in Mark 11, that when He said, you can say to this mountain, be moved. We have a mountain in our midst today. The mountain, I don't believe, could be actually a literal mountain. I guess if it did, He said, if you speak to that real mountain, it would begin, sand would begin to move. It may take a long time for it to uh, drop into the sea, but it won't be long until California drops in, just like He said. It's been sifting in a little bit at a time. But every word that this Spirit spoke to us will transpire. Maybe not how we see it. What is going on among us now. He said your churches will be empty. Many of them will be by, used for storehouses. And just think, all these churches that are empty. The people will not come back and they will not support it. And if it goes any longer, there's going to be many church buildings for sale. Now who's going to purchase them? The government will 
use them for storage building just like the prophet said. Amen. So we got to realize that what we're looking at is the resurrected word that is here. We're not looking for Jesus to come to answer our prayer. He's already here answering our prayer and giving us the dictates of our heart. Watch now. So that quickening power of the gospel, he said, now he is here. Watch. What a promise. Notice the very essence of the resurrection to tell, to tell and to show and to prove that Jesus has raised from the dead. The first and second pull ministry was to prove the resurrection. He is alive. If he is alive in here, every promise in the word of God is just as sure as that promise to us was. If we were healed when he was by his stripes, we are healed now. If we were saved when God resurrected him from the, the grave, we are saved now. If we was made righteous 2,000 years ago, we are the righteous of God now. If we have the power and authority in us when he gave us the power 2,000 years ago before he sent it, we have the authority and power now. If he said that I can cast out devils in his name, we can cast out devils in his name. Every word of God is true to us now, not sometime in the future. People's looking for kingdom faith. They're looking for something that they're going to be able to do down the road in the kingdom of God. We'll have these great miracles. You won't need all the great miracles in the, in the kingdom. The miracle maker like Jesus, he will be there. People down could see him. If we need something, you just go to the king and get it. If you want something, you just go to someone and get it. It will be there. But now we're called to use faith. Real substance Faith to be able to believe that he's here. So he's telling us he lives here. He lives here. He's not far off. He lives here. He's in us. Amen. Am I too loud? Is it too loud? He's in us. How many believes that? You say, well, I don't feel him. It's not a feeling. It is a revelation. It is taking God's word Let's say at face value that red is red, 2 plus 2 is 4. God's word said, I am in you. Then our confession is, God is in me now. Not will be. Now. I will, I'll be with you, even in you. A little while in the world see me no more, yet you shall see me. For I will be with you, even in you. We must believe, if Jesus, if God raised Jesus from the dead... To keep that word, he'll suffer not my body uh, to see corruption. Then we must, by the fact of the resurrection, take his word that he said he would be in us, even in me until the end of the world. Now, he said, as Christians, we all claim that he is alive. Are we, but are we, we've been quickened from death to life by his spirit. Being Christians, we believe that we have been quickened from death to life that we call salvation. That quickening power of the gospel is what saved us. Paul said, no, you're not, that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. That is the product of the resurrection that through this great event 2,000 years ago, Christ now in us, this gift of faith, the hope of glory, and the resurrection of Jesus from the dead is our guarantee that every single thing that God 
poured into him for us is made manifest by quickening our bodies, which we are now the word. We are the seed that was sown to be here at this given time. We are that promised one to be here to fulfill that the world is waiting for the manifestation, the presence, the expression of the sons of God. What would be that manifestation? You say, oh, well, we'll heal the sick and we'll do one. That manifestation would be the spirit of faith, which is a submissive spirit in you that will bow your own will and your own mind to come into agreement with the headship of the Word of God, and we'll let the Word be our supreme authority in our minds and in our mouths. It will only be a living Word, testimony, and confession of what God has already told us. Amen. You say, well, uh, every word you say, now which word, what word is that? Well, like I said, for one word, it says the world is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. One word says the Lord himself shall descend from heaven. And those that are alive shall not sleep. I don't believe that we're going to absolutely see death. Most of us are not going to see death because we realize and we have a confession the God that is able to raise the dead, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, is here with me. And the revelation of the quickened word, my part in me, my measure of faith, has accepted it. And I am the word that this message or spirit has quickened. But it takes the spirit of faith to be able to quicken or to bring that word alive. I'm going to uh, skip. I skipped. Took about five pages of notes out so I wouldn't be too long. I'm going to jump over here now. Watch. So this morning across the world, we find people are celebrating what is called Easter. And we know that Easter is honoring the resurrection of Jesus. And it is the most important event because of what it represents to the believer today. Easter is equated with the resurrection. We give it a worldly title called Easter and they have different traditions that does make us different to us but Easter is equated to us as the resurrection the power that raised Jesus from the dead we could say is the greatest manifestation of power that was expressed at that time even to this day raising Jesus from the dead actually required more power than creating the universe by faith God spoke and created the universe the resurrection of Jesus was more power being in display than that. It was more powerful than speaking squirrels into existence. We thought, oh, Brother Bram spoke squirrels into existence. The power and the presence here is a greater power than that. He said, this is only minor. This is if you just believe this is just Mark 11. This is just a scripture proving that it is true. Parting the Red Sea was a display of power. But the power of resurrection is greater than that. Or anything, everything else, basically, God has done. So if we could put this power on a meter level, let's just say we'll just put this power on a meter level compared with all the other events, how would the meter register this power of resurrection that was released? And I believe that the indicator would absolutely max out to the most because it's one of the most powerful exertions of power there was. Why? Why did you say that, Brother Greg? I say this because Satan now and all these powers are of God. Satan is not some little wimp, what or more. The angels or demons, they got power to influence. They got power to bring these diseases. They got power to cause fear, to receive and be receptive to these things. 
All these things that you see out here, people committing suicide by the hundreds of thousands, people is going to starve to death, people is not going to be provided for. All this crisis coming is because of demonic powers bringing their influence and bringing their power and exerting it upon the minds and the spirit of the people to manifest them. It takes a spirit of fear to cause fear in you. But if you had the Word of God in you and out of your mouth, that Word is more powerful than any spirit demon or any power that the devil has because Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave by the spoken Word or what we call the faith of God. This great power we look at because when Jesus died, He becomes sin. Satan had a legal right to receive him. He went to the lower regions. I can imagine seeing every demon. How many Medes and thousands? I don't know. But in the book of Revelation, there's 200,000 thousand demons released to bring forth the product of what you're seeing now. Brother Branham said these viruses and all these things and these diseases, Jesus called them devils. And he quoted in Feast of the Trumpet, remember the Bible tells you that there are going to be 200,000, thousand demons released upon the world to wipe out in one time a third of the population with one move. I don't know whether we lose a third of the population in this virus or not. But you see the effect of, of it, how many thousands around the world. But if that's true, then if that's not the plagues being fulfilled, then there's another coming that's going to take a third out. In other words, what we're seeing is the Word of God is going to be manifested whether we understand the spiritual fulfillment of it or not. Now, every power of Satan, every demon in bodies on the earth, through the government, through Herod, through Pilate, all those rulers, was putting and exerting their power to make sure that Jesus' body was locked up in that tomb and could not get out. Satan exerted his whole kingdom. Every power, every spirit was all joined together in one push of faith. Let's call it that. To keep Jesus locked up, his body locked up in that tomb... because they knew that the Word of God spoke almost a thousand years before that... Through David, that God said, I will not suffer my Holy One to see corruption. So if they could keep that body in the tomb longer than 72 hours, that word would fail. And if any word of God fails, the whole word and the economy and the faithfulness of God fails. What we're trying to say this morning is God's word is true and it is impossible for any word to fail Doing what it tells us it will do. So all the powers of and of all the darknesses fail to keep him even one minute longer than the word said he would be there. Jesus said, I'll come up in three days. He'd come up in 72 hours. Right to the minute to keep that law of nature in check. Now if that's true, and we believe that it is, think about the power of the faith of God that will raise thousands. See, if the greatest power exerted by God was to raise one man, what about the power that will raise literally thousands 
at one time from that dimension. Do you think that the powers of darkness will be at work when they know that God's presence is here to fulfill that word that all that sleep in the grave shall come forth at one time? I may not be able to convince people that God's presence is here. They may argue with you doctrinally, whatever more. But our faith better come to the point that God is here and He dwells in us and He'll keep His word in me that I shall not sleep, but I shall be changed. Because if I can't believe that, how is that power going to raise hundreds and thousands of people when it can't change and resurrect the word in my mind to be able to confess that He's here doing it so that Jesus or God can, uh, Jesus can pray to the Father and the Father will bring to pass what He said. When we pray to the, uh, Jesus in Jesus' name, Lord, I know that you're here and you promise that I shall not sleep. He begins to make intercession on that confession. When Jesus begins to pray, every demon power goes to work to keep that prayer from coming to pass. Study Daniel. I'm getting off my... So study Daniel. One time he said I had a vision. In what, three minutes, Gabriel showed up. That's pretty quick. Daniel prayed. It wasn't three minutes. Gabriel showed up. Now that, that's, that's encouraging. I think that's in chapter 9. He talks to him and said, we heard your prayer. Da, 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 da. You're the blessed man of so-and-so. Next chapter, Daniel prays. 19 days, he's still waiting. One chapter he prays, and three minutes Gabriel shows up. The next week he prays, and after 19 days, he hadn't heard nothing. Now, that's discouraging to a preacher. One sermon you preach, the anointing shows up in three minutes. Then you can go a long time, and the anointing don't ever seem to show up. But did he quit believing? No. But when that angel did show up, he said, well, now, we heard your prayer when you spoke it. Amen. <laughs> we heard you as soon as you spoke it. God sent the answer for it as soon as you spoke it. But we run into trouble over here by this demon power that was controlling this country. And I began to wrestle with him. And I was wrestling with him for 19 days. I had to call Gabriel say, boy, you got to come here and help me because i got to get this answer down to Daniel. And this power here is keeping me from getting there. So Gabriel shows up, takes a hold of him, holds him out here, releases the angel, he goes down and answers his prayer. We might have prayed a long time, but the answer to prayer is here. It is with us now. We have our answer. We shall not sleep. We will not go through the tribulation. We will not be persecuted. But God being our protector and our provider will provide everything that he said is ours. Amen. I don't know who I'm hollering at. <laughs> We've looked at great men down through the past. who have done great things for God. And we see as many says this morning that these men are still in the grave. Their tombs are with us. We see many church systems, like Brother Bram said, are not being critical on this day. But he said all every organization listed all out are only tombstones representing where God was and has left and moved and moved and moved and now there are tombs 
representing the empty tomb of Jesus. Churches are empty. My question is, even when we're there, is it full of the Spirit of God? Amen. So Jesus alone died and rose again. And the resurrection, here's my message, the resurrection sealed the Word of God forever to the true believer. Seal the Word forever. Jesus, as the Son of Man, proclaimed His power and authority came forth from His Father. For in John 5, 27, He said, For as the Father hath life in Himself, so hath He given to me to the Son to have life in Himself. And hath given Him authority to execute judgment also, because He is the Son of Man. John 17, 2 tells us, As thou hast given Him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Very quickly, the testator became the executor of his own will, and everything in the Word of God became true in him and to us, and now brings the power of God into actual expression and manifestation for us. Hebrews 9, 16, for where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is a force after men are dead, otherwise it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Jesus arose, and the testator became the executor, and this is a seal. This is our guarantee. You buy a product, and they say, well, do you want to pay a $3 extra to get a 90-day warranty or a guarantee that we'll replace it if it don't work? We don't need a uh, get a warranty on our assurance of faith because the guarantee will work, and it will never fail. We got confidence in our guarantee. Watch now. The judge, as we preach in this hour, Revealed in this hour, at the end of the church age, and the seals being revealed, and people still don't know that the judge is here. They still refuse the fact that if I cannot see him bodily, he is not present and his power is not there. Jesus has become the personal guarantee of assurance of every word that, it, that is to us who believe. Every word in the Scripture is thus saith the Lord to those that believe. Jesus is in complete charge of man's destiny, and we may therefore come to God by Him and Him alone. To refuse Him is to refuse eternal life. He was dead and is alive again forevermore, and has the keys of death, hell, and the grave, for He conquered them all. Amen. He arose by faith in the power of God, and when He raised and were received of the Father... God sent that same spirit of faith that was in Jesus Christ that is called the faith of God, or now we call the faith of Jesus Christ. He sent forth that faith to every believer. My question is, when did you receive that faith? You say, well, I received that faith when you went to church. Went to no, no, no. You had to have that faith even before you went to church. That faith was deposited in you before you repented because if you didn't have that faith in you, you would never repent. You say, wait a minute, Brother Gray. My question is, when did you become seed? 
People say, well, I become seed when I went to the altar. I repented. I got saved. I become You didn't become sons when you got saved. You were sons. Therefore, you believed and were saved. Not were saved. You were saved all along. Your soul never was in jeopardy. It was our bodies that were sold into sin. And now the Holy Spirit tells you you're a son of God. And you always was a son of God. And now I have quickened that seed word in you that you are the children of this hour that shall never die. Believest thou this? This is our resurrection message. Watch now. This event that everybody is celebrating this morning called the resurrection is the ultimate event of Christianity. It is the proof of it all. It is the proof of the authority of the Word of God. Not one word will perish because this one raised from the dead. Amen. Now I'll look at five things and I'll close. Number one, Jesus came vindicated by God as to who he was. And to his right, to the spoken word of God, he become God's mouthpiece. Two, Jesus fulfilled the word as he in his person was required to do. Everything said about him, he fulfilled. Who was he? What was said as to what he would do? He done it. His death was according to prophecy. Many scriptures were fulfilled the very day they crucified him. His death was to be followed by his resurrection, and it was. He came forth and brought Abraham and Job and the elect with him. According to the word of God, he ascended with the elect. Now this morning, my message is this. Thus with his resurrection, he fulfilled the word of God to that end because there was a word to do it and it was done. There's a word that God has spoken that must be finished in this hour and the conditions and the problems, can you want to come? The conditions and the problems that we're going through is no more than the word of God by his Spirit being present with us, bringing to pass, putting the hat here, putting this picture together, the Word must be manifested among us. Our faith in the presence of God, the resurrected Word, that Jesus is here with us now. Therefore, there can be no doubt any longer. The message followers must Cast off doubt. They cannot doubt this message any longer. The third pull is here. The third pull is in you now. You say, well, what's the matter? We need a revelation of the faith of God that lives in us. And a part of it is who we are and what we are in Christ must be manifested or bring those things that we have hoped for into our possession. Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Because basically if you have those things that you hope for, it's no longer faith. If we're having faith and hoping for Jesus to come... <laughs> Then it's still hope. Like praying the prayer. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it in heaven. But when the kingdom comes. 
Why would you pray the prayer, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, when it is made known that the kingdom has already come, His power here is on earth, and He's already arrived. Let's don't be like Martha. Let don't, let's not us have just faith in a personal, physical man or a body. Have faith in God, the Word that tells you who you are. He is in you. He is your protector. He is your provider. And all that Word in you needs is water of the Spirit. And that comes by confessing the Word of God. Jesus called our works. What must we do to work the work of God? Believe on Him whom God has sent. In other words, take what the prophet said, believe it, put it in your mouth, trust it, and it will come to pass. Amen. So I believe the Word of God has been resurrected among us, and we are the resurrection and the life. Nothing outside of this revelation will come forth into immortality. Amen. What are we going to say? Yes. Praise be to God. Forgive me for hollering to an empty building, but I hope someone got something out of the message this morning. Amen. So, let's stand and sing a chorus. Well, the victory already Resurrection takes place, we'll all assemble, be together again in heaven. Amen. Oh.